Hello there and welcome to another week with Axia Origin. It's week 12 in the life of Axia Origin. I'm Maris Kriaku. I'm sat here with Shoy. It's Monday the 18th of November and we're looking forward to the week ahead. We have done some social media analytics over the past week and we're looking forward this week to some of the events that are taking place in Barcelona with Smart Cities Expo. We're going to be following that event. We've got some friends from Leeds City Council at that event and we're really looking forward to understanding what the engagement is from the perspective of Leeds, whether there's invitation to participate in the dialogue from Leeds across social, whether that's detectable. And Shoy, one of the things I'm specifically looking forward to is seeing your reaction and your builds to some of the analyses that we've done last week in relation to the Trump impeachment hearings. Yeah, so you picked two topics that I'm completely obsessed about. (laughs) And then told me not to look at anything online <laughs> yeah. whilst tweeting and posting on LinkedIn about it. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, you're very welcome, Shoy. Yeah, so um, one thing is that Shoy has not seen any of the analyses we've done. He's been really disciplined specifically not another to see trait. them. <laughs> yeah, another famous trait for Shoy, yeah. I'm trying not to look at your screen. Can we, can we get on with this? So I'm going to be showing Shoy right now some of the flourish analyses that we've done. You can see these by looking at our LinkedIn page and clicking on the Flourish presentation, which is called America's Radical Responses to Impeachment Inquiry. So, Shoy, what you're looking at on the screen here is the timeline from 10 a.m. Eastern Time through to 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time, which were the hours of Wednesday's impeachment hearings. So the first day of the impeachment, exactly. impeachment hearings. That's right. And we have created very specific search queries to identify the most radical components How of the conversation. So we identified the very specific hashtags that right. were being used by staunch Trump supporters and staunch anti-impeachment supporters. We ran a search for those. And on the other hand, we looked at hashtags which were specifically related to pro-impeachment. So not the ones in between. We weren't looking at hashtag impeachment inquiry. We were looking at hashtag keep America great or hashtag MAGA versus hashtag Jim Jordan, G-Y-M Jordan. (laughs) And hashtag Trump bribery. So these are just some examples. So what we were able to do is is analyse and detect the most radical responses to the impeachment hearings on Wednesday and plot them on a map. What's your first instinct? This is just one of the visualisations. There are so three. So the, the animation is showing... Is it showing something cumulative or just instances? Maris? It's showing instances. You can see the cumulative. It's if we click total at the top, you can see the cumulative change over time. Um, this is one of those occasions where, for me personally, the, the thing that I observe is the gaps, not necessarily the clusters of things. It always it, There's a really interesting um, story in Black Box Thinking by Matthew Said about bullet holes on plane wings, and mm. it's, it's a really vivid way of, of remembering something about what data can show you, but then what the implication is of there not being any mm-hmm. data. So I, I wonder about those states that, that aren't. That aren't showing up, right? Do we know which of those are the battlegrounds? Obviously, we're not not so so familiar, are we? I want to introduce the the reason, first of all, for doing this, because we we talk quite a lot about our methodology for doing analytics and that we're hypothesis-driven. One of our hypotheses was in understanding what the radical response can tell us 
from Twitter data in combination with other data sources. So this would be a wonderful build if we can think what we can combine this with to understand what's going on in battleground states, where the vocal voices are that are most divisive. And, you know, I'd love to hear from you what you think we can combine it with. But the next slide actually reveals some of the contested debate. Okay. So if we look at the next visualization here... We're showing the overall pro or anti-impeachment sentiment across various cities, around 1,600 cities that we analysed. So dark green cities are overall very pro-impeachment in their sentiment. Dark red cities are very anti-impeachment. And the larger the bubbles, the more conversation is being had. What we found is that in the Midwestern states, there are several cities where there is a high concentration of both sides of the debate being quite strong. Some of the most divided cities where you have both a high concentration of anti and pro conversation are places such as Indianapolis, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Ohio, Evanston, Illinois. There are several concentrated in this Midwestern area. And then just to make that even clearer, if you move on to the third of these graphs, we can see some of the most pro impeachment cities analysed, some of the most anti-impeachment cities, so you can see the pro ones are places like Cambridge, Massachusetts, you might ha- we might have expected that Oceanside, California, um, Rockville, Maryland, some of the most anti-impeachment are Tower, Minnesota, Trumbull, Connecticut, but these ones that we were talking about which have a high concentration of both sides are St. Louis, Missouri, Indianapolis, Indiana, Pittsburgh, mm. Pennsylvania, Evanston, Illinois, among others. What do you think, Troy? What's your reaction to that? My reaction is that when you see division in data, it, it evokes a funny emotion, doesn't it? It evokes concern and search of meaning, really. So when I see that, I actually start to think about Brexit here with a, an election coming up and what the meaning of analyses such as these really represent. And just before you started to present these slides, you uh, made a reference about being hypothesis-driven. Mm. So let's think about what you can actually do with this. There is something very much along the lines of political strategy about what would you do. Now, if you were studying these states or these cities, then you can imagine this would not surprise you. You If you are steeped in the culture and activities of Rockville, then it would be amazingly shocking if someone said, really, it's all green? Because every conversation I have is all at the opposite side. So what does it mean? if there's a place where there is a very overwhelming pro-impeachment sentiment. If you're a Republican strategist, do you then just write that off and think, well, what's the point? Do you target ads there instead? Now, let's forget about it politically and just think about handling division that can be detected online. If you are accountable for something or you're thinking about the implications of there being a divided society or a biased community, then does this inform you the scale of the problem that you're dealing with, whether or not it's pro or anti-impeachment or pro or anti-Brexit or whether or not it is uh, pro or anti-action for climate change. If you have an evidence base for division, are you better off than not having an evidence base for division? Now, I would say you're definitely better (laughs) off knowing the scale of what you're dealing with rather than not. And that invites the opportunity to then think, well, how could you strengthen this analysis and how could you be more precise about what you understand? So let's pick one, Pittsburgh. So if you wanted to understand the implications of division in Pittsburgh, 
the opportunity is to develop a data story towards that by thinking about local media and changes to local communities. Now, is Pittsburgh a former steel, steel. town? Yeah. Pittsburgh yeah. Huge steel. Huge steel. So Pittsburgh, isn't Pittsburgh one of the cities that Rust has belt. pivoted from being uh, a fossil fuel town to being much more digitally technical? There is a school of computer science at a university in Pittsburgh, and we are trying to understand the implications of division. Now, if we think about that through the lens of daily life in Pittsburgh, then it will be fascinating to understand how does that division manifest and what are the drivers for reducing that division if we want society to be less divided. Maybe there's a really good reason for some stakeholders to keep a division. But if you are a family that used to rely on a decent income role from the coal or steel industry, and now the demand for that is much less, then does it? what are the implications of that division? But if we're trying to understand holistically what a community is like to be able to work out how best to take into account public voice or public need, then you could take that analysis. You can add to it by thinking, what does Carnegie Mellon School of Computer Science put out there? What, what's their outreach? What's their school's outreach? What's their community outreach? How digitally enabled is the equivalent of the council there? What problems are they solving? And then you can start to piece together the story of what could we do about division if we believe that resolving division is a good thing to do. Now, I, th- I think I'm speaking on behalf of people who work at Origin to say that we, we believe in, in, in being integrated. You know, controversial. Yeah, I should really ask Pam and Pam Lutz. I shouldn't say that. Pam wouldn't mind at all. <laughs> the analysis that you've produced shows something about division. What are the implications of division? What is the analytical basis for it? Why is that relevant? I would say that if you are a city council or a a publicly focused leader and you're trying to encourage diversity, collaboration, unity, integration, then knowing that your starting point could be clear division is actually really really important. Yes, yeah, yeah. That doesn't mean your actions are there to eliminate division. It means that you are more sensitive to the situation you're going into. If you're trying to drive economic growth or sustainability in Pittsburgh and you're finding that your programme for tackling climate change isn't really isn't really gripping, then, then could it have something to do with political division? Because half of the community is very supportive of an agenda which is not necessarily very sensitive to climate action and the other half is very sensitive to political leaning which is uh, influenced by um, sustainability and presidential candidates who think about the climate. Makes sense? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And thank you for sharing your thoughts on this with me, Shoy. I think one of the reasons why I'm enjoying this is because we are sharing our way of thinking about analytics and moving away from thinking, which is quite prevalent in the analytics community at times, which is that data is really cool and that visualizations are really cool. I think what's more important, we, we believe what's more important, is the decision-making the insights that can inform accurate and enabling decisions. And I think that's what we're expanding upon in this conversation, is that social media data can be used to inform on very important decisions related to how do you support a community which is divided. Thank you for listening to this Monday podcast. Please let us know your thoughts on our analysis. We hope you enjoyed our analysis into last Wednesday's public impeachment hearings and America's radical response to that. And more broadly, what this type of analytics might represent in how it might be meaningful for local authorities 
who want to understand division in communities and what that represents in combination with other information and other data types. We'll be releasing another podcast with analysis similar to this shortly, so stay tuned for that. Thank you.